You're listening to the Fellowship Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. Fellowship Baptist Church is located in Clark Lake, Michigan. Today's message is part of our Adult Sunday School series. Adult Sunday School is taught by a variety of different men in our church. Now let's prepare our hearts as our Sunday School teacher brings forth God's truths from His Word today. Well, I'm excited to be finishing up the series of lessons uh, of the Shepherd that we've been talking about over the last few weeks. I know we've only gotten three different lessons in there, and we're trying to cover seven principles, and we are able not to do all of those, although we have mentioned a couple of them, and we'll go over them again today in review. But we're looking forward to, I'm looking forward to just kind of wrapping up this series um, in regards to the way of the shepherd. One, has been very convicting to me um, personally as I've gone over this the last few months and um, how to apply the way of the shepherd into my life personally as a father, as a business owner, as a person that goes to work every single day, as a person in ministry. There's just a lot of application here that we can apply the way of the shepherd. And the way of the shepherd that we will take your Bibles and turn to Psalms chapter 23. And we will read our passage of scripture that we've been reading every single week in regards to the way of the shepherd. Psalms chapter 23. I'll read the whole portion of scripture here, and I'll read it for you. I know that most of us can recite this, but I'll read it for you. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still water. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For thou art with me, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Let's pray. Father, I come before you. I just think of, uh, Lord, how good you've been to us. Lord, you have surely shown us so many things in the scriptures that we can apply to our life. And Lord, you have always been and always will be the great shepherd. I pray today, Lord, as I get up here to speak forth the truths that are found in the word of God, that Lord, I would speak these um, not out of my own wisdom, because then I would be speaking incorrectly. But Lord, I pray that I would speak these truths out of the wisdom that is found in the scripture. I pray that this would be said, the words that would be said would be the words that you'd have me to say, Lord. I pray that you just calm my nerves, help me not to be nervous, help me not to uh, speak, uh, Lord, that would not be the right way. But Lord, also just through this few minutes that we have here in the scriptures, Lord, will you draw all of us here in this room closer to yourself? Will you give us a better understanding of who you are and a better way that we can live the life that you have called us to live? I pray these things in your precious name. Amen. Amen. So we're going to go over a little bit of review here, uh, just trying to hit the highlights again in regards to the lessons uh, that we've had in regards to the way of the shepherd. Uh, so the first point that we went over, this is three weeks ago, we talked about that we need to know our sheep. That was the very first lesson in the way of the shepherd. We need to know our sheep. We talked about how we need to be near our sheep. We talked about we need to count our sheep. You need to spend time with your sheep. We need to find and address problems with our sheep. And we wrapped up that portion as far as the question was, do you really know your people? Do you know those people underneath you in this aspect? And that's how we talked about that as far as knowing our sheep. And then we took that and applied that to ourselves personally and said, do you let God, of course, that's the best shepherd, right? Do you let God, the great shepherd, really know you? Do you stay near to God? 
Are you near to God as the great shepherd? Uh, do you make sure that you're even in the pasture with him? Or have you walked away from your shepherd? We talked about that that's that first week. Uh, do you spend time with God? We talked about that in regards to us being the correct relationship with our shepherd. Do you allow God to fix your problems? And we talked about how most of the problems that we have in our life stem from sin. And then do we really allow God to fix those problems in our life or do we hold on to those problems? Uh, even though that we know they're problems, sometimes we can still have a tendency to hold on to them. God wants to fix them. God wants to take care of them. But yet we kind of hold on to that problem, that issue, and it gets bigger and bigger. And then it comes to a place we finally let God take care of it. But we just talked about, do you let God take care of your problems? And then do you have a personal relationship with God? That intimate, deep, personal relationship with your shepherd. Do you have that? And have you really known your shepherd, the great shepherd? And then the lesson that we didn't get to, but we'll hit it just for the sake of getting sure they understand this point. We, just, we talked about how to discover the shape of your sheep, and that would have been the shape, would have, would have talked about the strengths, the heart, the attitude, the personality, and the experiences. Don't have time to get into all of those, but that was the shape of your sheep. Make sure that you really know the shape of your sheep. And then the other lesson that we didn't get to was have, help your sheep identify with you. Um, this was just talking about building trust with your people by modeling authenticity, integrity, and compassion. How important those are to have in our life as a sh shepherd. To set a high standard of performance and to communicate your values and sense of mission to the people that are underneath you and to find the cause for your people and tell them where they fit in and then remember that great leadership is personal. And we just, that was another lesson. We just weren't quite able to get there, but help your sheep identify with you. And then last week, which I really thoroughly enjoyed this lesson. I don't know if you did, but I didn't thoroughly enjoy hearing me speak it, but I enjoyed putting it together. And we talked about making your pasture a safe place and how, how that can just apply to so many areas of our life in regards to the pasture. And so we talked about how we need to provide rest. Don't let your pasture become a place of fear. We talked about that, how we as a shepherd, that is our responsibility. Make sure our pastor, whatever, wherever that may be, could be in your Sunday school class, could be at your home, could be at your work, could be all three of those, right? But how to make your pastor, the people that are underneath you, how to make that a, a restful place. And we talked about how we are supposed to rest into our shepherd, right? When he takes us to that pasture, how we're just supposed to rest, how we're not supposed to get anxious and not supposed to be full of fear, not supposed to walk away and leave the pasture that God brings us to us, but to be content where, where God has you, to be at rest. Learn to trust a great shepherd and not fear what pasture he is leading you to. And then we talked about how to make your pasture a safe place. We talked about how you need to be provision, right? Obviously, in a pasture, there needs to be some type of provision there. Um, so we talked about how you need to provide for your sheep. We talked about don't be a lazy shepherd, okay? A lazy shepherd wouldn't really care what pasture he brought his sheep. It could be a, a bad pasture, and he wouldn't really care. No, so don't be a lazy shepherd. Be a shepherd that provides for your sheep. And we talked about one of the ways that you can provide for your people is to give them praise. And how, what a great tool that is as a shepherd when we can give praise to those people that are below us and how we praise them. And that's one of the tools that God has given to us to really, they, people really need that. I need that. You need that. We all need that and how important that is to have. And then we talked about how we need to allow God to provide for us. So often, and myself is totally included in this, we want to provide for ourselves, right? So that's not a good sheep. A good sheep lets the shepherd provide, right? He lets, a good sheep will allow the shepherd to lead them to the pasture and then be at content and at rest in that pasture. And how we need to let God provide for us. And how important that is. That God 100% will always provide, but how often that we're not patient enough to let God provide, right? So then we may maybe run ahead to a different pasture and he's not, that's not the place we're supposed to be. But how we really need to let God provide for our life. And I think the cool thing is, 
in this, just reiterating this again, is that, again, God will always provide. God will never not provide for his sheep. Never. No, it just won't happen. It's just, it just not going to happen, right? He's a great shepherd. He's going to provide for you. And, of course, there's so many, so many applications into that area of provide. We're not just talking about our food and our drink, although that's part of it, but just all the areas that God will provide for us if we are being the kind of sheep that we need to be and letting the great shepherd shepherd our life. And then the other last point there in regards to the pasture so we have rest and provision, and then we talked about righteousness. And then we just talked about how don't let sin, don't allow sin to distract or become a pest in your pasture, to be a righteous shepherd, right? So don't let sin, and sometimes we talked about how the little sins can just become a little bit of a pest, but how a little pest can really damage the sheepfold. And how we as a good shepherd are supposed to make sure that we're getting rid of those sins in our pasture. And if we're going to have a pasture, we make sure that we're addressing those sins and taking care of those. And then are you allowing God to lead you in the way of righteousness? So God will always lead us in, this, in righteousness. Amen? And he's that kind of shepherd. So he will lead us in those ways. Are you allowing yourself to become? Are, could you ask yourself this question? I don't think I asked this last week. But can you ask yourself, am I, thought referring to yourself, am I a righteous person? Do I do those things that are right? We talked about being holy a little bit last week as well. But are you a righteous person? Do you walk in the steps of righteousness? All throughout, one thing, I've, I'm in Psalms right now in my devotion. So that's most of my devotions at this time for the last month have been in Psalms. And David is constantly talking about being upright, constantly talking about being righteous, constantly talking about his walk basically with the Lord. And it's been a great challenge to me how much importance David put on obeying God's commandments and being righteous and, you know, being upright and all those things that goes along with that. But are you a righteous person? Um, God seeks for every one of his people, his sheep, to be righteous. And so we kind of ended up on that last week just in regards to the area of righteousness. And so have you made your pasture a, a safe place? Have you given your sheep rest, provision, and righteousness? And so this week, we're going to talk about a couple other areas um, in regards to the way of the shepherd. And so we're going to talk about the staff of direction and the rod of correction. So that's why I got my, my uh, staff right here. It's not that big. I mean, somebody grabbed it and was like, well, it's really tall. I guess it depends who you are, if it's tall or not. Amen? We won't go. Oh, I was going to bring Mr. Westrom up here and show you how tall it really is. <laughs> But we'll, we'll, maybe he'll use it next week. But anyways, so this is uh, Shepherd's Staff. And obviously, I told somebody, yeah, I picked, up, up, picked this up in one of my travels, my great endeavors over to Amazon.com. Amen? So pick that up over there. Uh, but I actually picked this up when I first started my lessons on the way of the shepherd. And I actually had it in my office at my work just hanging up there to remind me to be a good sheep and then to remind me to be a good shepherd. And so I, I hang it up there, and I, I've been seated every day, and of course, it's also helped along with these lessons. But today, we're going to talk about one of the very few, a few tools that a shepherd has is, this, is the staff. And so it's one of the tools that the shepherd does carry, and there's a reason why he carries the staff. And we're going to talk about the staff of direction here and the rod of correction in regards to the way of the shepherd. Staff of direction. The Bible says in Psalms chapter 23, you're still there. It says what? Thy rod and what? Thy staff, they what? They comfort me. So thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. They're a comfort uh, to sheep to have the rod and to have the staff. That is a comfort for the sheep to have those things. It says the staff is the most important tool that a shepherd has. And at, towards the end of the lesson, we're going to tell you what the staff is and what the rod is. But this is one of the most important tools that a shepherd has. And so one of the ways, obviously, in the staff of direction is it's basically this tool 
the staff, is going to be used to direct. Okay? It's going to be used to direct. Obviously, the, the staff of direction, you're not going to give direction without directing your sheep. The first, the staff represents your responsibility to direct your people. Sometimes, to get to the right and the best pasture, we have to go a hard way. And so, there's often times as shepherds would lead their sheep, right, over the mountains or wherever they may be, not everywhere is that lush green pasture. And if they were to stay in one spot, then that pasture would no longer be lush and green. So they have to take their sheep to different places. A leader doesn't stand still. There's times of rest, and we talked about that last week. There's pastures that you take your sheep to uh, so that they can get the nutrition that they need and the places that they need. But a, good, a great leader, a great shepherd, would never stay in the same place all the time. So he's always looking to the next pasture. He's always looking to where God would have him to take his people. And oftentimes, to get to the best pastures, we have to walk sometimes a road that may, maybe a sheep would never have picked. And there's been times where you may have to lead your people and they might not quite understand why they have to walk that road. And it might be, it could be a dangerous road at times. And so there's often times where you need that staff that will help to guide your sheep along the way. And one thing I didn't hit very often last week, we kept talking about the pasture, the pasture, the pasture. But there's not, we're not always going to be in the pasture. There's going to be times in our life where God's taken us through some trials and some hard places so we can get to a new pasture. So just a real quick note on that. Just make sure you keep trusting your shepherd during those times. Those aren't easy. They're hard. They might be a valley. Yea, do I walk through the valley of what? The shadow of death. I will fear no evil because thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Amen? So, as a shepherd, our first duty of the day is to lead our flock out of the fold and to find that fresh pasture. And we should be doing that whether it's our family or whether it's our ministry. We should be doing that whether it's at work or wherever it may be. You're leading your sheep with the staff of direction. As the shepherd of your people, make sure that you know where you are going. And I want to put a balance to this, but it is very important that a leader knows where he's going, right? He doesn't strike out blindly. He doesn't just start walking, oh, well, you know what, guys? I think this is a good direction. Let's go over here. And he walks over here, and he, you know, he gets over here, and he's like, oh, no, that's a, that was a bad direction. No, I was, I was, I was mistaken. Let's, you know, let's walk over here, and he goes over here. No, as a, as a leader, as a shepherd, it is their responsibility, is our responsibility when we're leading our family to make sure we know where we're taking our family. And you know what? We're not always going to know maybe way, way over there where we're going to end up, but we do know the right way to go. And if you don't know the right way to go, then you are not being the shepherd that God wants you to be. You need to know the right way, but a good shepherd knows the right way, and he takes his people that way. He knows the direction and the will of God for his people. And you know what? That doesn't come easily. It doesn't come easily to always know the will of God for your life or to always know the will of God for your people. You know what that takes? It takes a lot of praying. It takes a lot of walking with God. It takes a lot of searching and understanding to really know the will of God. But you know what's really exciting? When you know the will of God and you know the path that God has for you, now you might not know what, it, what it's going to lead to, but you know 100% this is the way that God wants me to be. And right now, I know where I'm at. I'm in the center of God's will. There is a great strength. There is a great comfort. And there is a great boldness that comes when you you know that I'm where God wants me to be in my life. 
And as a leader and as a, as a shepherd, we need to have that confidence that this is where I'm in. This is where God wants me to be. And I know that. And I don't have no problem bringing my people with me. I have no problem bringing my family with me. I have no problem bringing those people in ministry behind me or those people that work behind me. Because I know that I'm on the path that God wants me to travel. And that can come when you know that you're in the center of God's will for your life. And it, God does desire us to know that. But it takes sometimes a lot of work, a lot of effort, and a lot of passion to make sure that you're walking that will that God has for you in your life. To be a good shepherd, know where you're going, get out in front, and keep your flock on the move. A leader knows a way, goes a way, and shows a way. We talked about that last week. A, leader, a good leader knows a way, he goes a way, and he shows the way. Know where you're going, get out in front, and keep your flock on the move. Make sure that as a good shepherd, you're always taking those people underneath you to a new pasture, to a new level. Do not become stagnant. Do not become content, but always be taking them to the next level, right? If you have a, let's say you have a child, don't be content if they start reading their Bible every morning, but then encourage them, hey, you need to pray as well. Amen? You need to continue to deepen that walk with the Lord. What if my parents would have just stopped at, the, at one point and said, you know what, you read your Bible five minutes and said, that's a good job, that's all you need to do, and they stopped shepherding me at that point. Would I be where I need to be in my life? No, I would not have been. But no, they shepherded me to go deeper, to walk closer, to go to the next pasture, and then the next pasture, and then the next pasture. And that's how you get those, the sheep below you to become the best sheep that God wants them to be, by leading them to those pasture. So not only do we need to you know, give direction to the people underneath us, but God desires for us to follow his direction as well. Amen? It's written, the written will of God is the Bible. That's the direction that God has given to us. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. I was just sharing this portion of scripture with another person earlier this week, not in regards to this subject at all, but just basically saying, listen, don't expect God to give you his perfect will for your life, exactly why he created you, made you, that, that specific will for that person's life, if you will not even obey God's written will for your life. Why do you think God would be like, oh, this is why I created you and designed you. Here's your specific will for your life when you won't even take the time necessary to follow God's written will for your life. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet. What does that mean? That means that it didn't say God's word, word is a, a million candle white spotlight we could see 200 yards away. No, he said, thy word is a lamp unto my feet, which means that when you read the Bible on a daily basis, God will give you the light to walk that day, you know, and he'll give you a little bit of light, and you follow what the Lord shows you, and then you follow what the Lord shows you, and then you follow what the Lord shows you, because he is that great shepherd. That is the way that he is leading you, and you have to trust him enough to take that step every single day and walk in the direction that God is taking you in your life. The leading of God. I got so much to cover today. Um, remember how God, well, we'll just read the verse. Uh, 1 Kings 19, 12. I'm just going to read it for you because we don't have time to turn there. And after the earthquake, a fire, but the Lord is not in the fire. And after the fire, a still small voice. I think we all know that portion of scripture, right? Those things came and, you know, God wasn't there, God wasn't there, but God was in that still small voice. We need to come to the place in our lives where we trust the great shepherd so that when he nudges us with his staff, nudge, nudge, go the right direction, when he nudges us or we feel the Holy Spirit gently tugging us, you know, that's how God likes to move us in the right direction, right? He likes the Holy Spirit just to whisper into your ear, hey, don't go that way, or hey, go this way. That's, how, that's just called the leading the Holy Spirit. And when you're tender to God and you're walking with God, you can sense that. You can hear that. And that's how God likes to move us. God doesn't want to move us with the rod, 
right? I mean, God doesn't wait for us to get out of line and be like, yeah, home run hit right here, bam, right over the head, get back in the track. Unfortunately, some of us are that way because we're not listening to the rod or listening to the direction of the staff, but God basically just wants to nudge us along the way. He will give us those, those inclinations of where we need to go and follow in the Holy Spirit. That's why God puts the Holy Spirit in our life, so he can show us the way that we're supposed to go. We talked about this verse last week, but trust in the Lord with what? Okay, we're supposed to what? Trust in the Lord, with all thine heart, and lean not on thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall what? Direct your paths. God is the great director of our paths, and he will direct us. But listen, it's called the staff of direction for a reason. You just move your sheep a little bit at a time. If they, you know, the shepherd starts walking, he sees the sheep start getting out of the way, he just kind of, kind of uses his, his, his staff over here and kind of brings them back over to the sheep to make sure they keep walking the right direction. And that's the way God is with the Holy Spirit in our life. But we have to be careful that we're very attuned to what the Holy Spirit is trying to do to us in our life. If you follow God's staff of direction, you will not need the rod of correction, which we're going to talk about later. I'm going to say it one more time. If you follow God's staff of direction, you will not need the rod of correction. We, as, as we're leading our sheep, it should be, always should be our goal to lead with a staff of direction before we have to lead with the rod of correction. We can get out of balance both ways, right? Some of us get out of balance and we don't ever use the rod of correction. And some of us get out of balance and we use the rod of correction too much. So listen, always seek to use a staff of direction before we use the rod. There is a place for the rod of correction, but we should always seek to use a staff of direction, just like God always seeks to use that first in our life, always gives us that Holy Spirit to lead and to guide us in our life. You provide direction with gentle taps and not hard swings. That's how you give directions. Another reason we use the staff of direction for is not only to direct our sheep, but also to set up boundaries. Uh, the second function of the staff is to establish the boundaries for your sheep. People have a tendency to stray. When we say people, we mean all of us. We all have a tendency to stray and go a ways we shouldn't go. We talked about that last week in regards to the pasture. It is easy for people to make seemingly insignificant choices at the time and look later and say, wow, how in the world did I end up over here? That's just, it's easy to do. And sometimes as a shepherd, we can see when our sheep are making those wrong decisions. And that's why it's important, as all, if, if all possible, to put up as much boundaries as we can to make sure that our sheep know where those boundaries are at. So that when they get to that boundary, they realize, oh, I've gone, I've gone a little too far. I need, I need to come back. I've, I'm, you know, I'm at the boundary. This is where it's at. When a sheep is starting to stray, the shepherd will reach out with his staff and gently tap the sheep in the direction it should go. If this does not work, then the, sheep will use, or the shepherd will use the curved end to grab the sheep and pull it back over. And I think we all could testify, for those of us who have children, there's some children, it's nice. You just got to tap them a little bit. Just, you know, gently nudge them. And there's some children that you got to reach out over here. I was looking for a skinny neck because it's actually not a very big area. Unfortunately, got Dad and Cotter and, you know, we don't, we're not going to have any skinny necks here. But, um, you know, you got to reach out and I won't do it. But you'll reach out and you'll grab that, you'll grab that sheep and you'll just kind of, whoa, you got to really pull it back over to you, right? That's why that hook's right there. So as a shepherd's walking along, he's like, oh, man, look at that sheep. I'll get you over here. I'll, I'll yank you back over. You're listening to the gentle nudges. I'll pull you back over the curved end over here and get him back over to where it needs to be. Make sure, sure your people know where the fence line's at. Parents, this is very important for all of us. Make sure that your children know where the fence line's at. Make sure, make sure that you've set up those boundaries for your family, okay? Because if you don't set up the boundaries, then there's not enough freedom to move around. 
They don't really know where the boundaries are at. So then they come over here and they didn't really understand that they were past the boundaries or they didn't really know because you never put up the boundaries around your sheep. For those of us who have a workplace, there needs to be boundaries in our workplace so that your employees know where the boundaries are at. For those of us who are in ministry, there's needed to be boundaries in every area of leadership. There should be those boundaries. And you know what that does? It gives your people freedom to move around. Right? We don't want to restrict the freedom down. We don't want to just make sure everybody's... A, you ever seen a sheep? They don't walk single file very often. They walk in a big group as they kind of, you know, they kind of graze that direction. And that's the freedom that they have to do. And that's the kind of freedom we need to allow those people underneath us as well. But there definitely needs to be those boundaries that we have already set up in for our people. And you know, God has also given us boundaries. They're called the commandments. Amen? So God has given us the commandments. These are the commands of Christ are the boundaries that he has given to us. He says, if you love me, you will what? You'll keep my commandments. You'll stay in my boundaries. There's lots and lots and lots of commandments that God has given to us in this area. Because you know what? God wants to make it very, very clear as a great shepherd that we know exactly where the boundaries are at. It should never be said for any one of us that are following after God that we do not know where the boundaries are at. Amen? We got the whole Word of God right here, full of boundaries. And it is our responsibility to make sure that we stay within the boundaries that God has given to us, knowing that that is and will be the best place for you, is in the boundaries that God has set up. Jesus answered and sent it to him in John chapter 14, verse 23. If, any, if a man love me, he will keep my words, and my Father will love him, and we will come unto him and make our abode with him. If Christ has not made his abode with you, then maybe you are not following his commands. Because it says right here, we will come unto him and make our abode with him. Are you staying in the boundaries that God has given you for, his, for, for you in your life? Are you staying in God's boundaries? Are you obeying God's commands? Have you allowed yourself to trust in the Lord with all of your heart. And when you hit those boundaries, do you find yourself finding ways around them? Or do you find yourself as a submissive sheep realizing I've gone to the boundaries and I'm going to make sure that I step back a little bit and get back into the pasture? Where are you at in the boundaries that God has given to you in your life? For those of you who still live at home, those boundaries also include the directions of your parents. For those of us who are at this church, those boundaries include the shepherding of our pasture. And no matter where you're at, you could be at work, God has placed those other boundaries around you, those authority positions around you. That is from God. And authority is good, okay? This is more pertaining maybe to the younger generation. But authority is good, and those boundaries are from God. So the staff is used to give direction. The staff is used to set boundaries to make sure the sheep know, we, they know where they're at. But the staff is also used to provide rescue. When the sheep are missing or out of the protection of the pasture, a good shepherd will always go and find those sheep. This is a, for me, this is a tough area because I'm not the most compassionate person. I'm like, man, they knew the right way. They're the ones that walked away. Why would I go rescue them over there? That's, that's their fault, right? That's their fault. And we as Baptists, we have a tendency not to be the most rescuing of all people, amen? But God does desire that his people become, are rescued. How often do you find Jesus Christ, the great shepherd, reaching down in the scriptures and rescuing his people? How often have you been sinking and Jesus Christ extended the staff to you and pulled you back up and rescued you? What if, what if Jesus Christ treated you as his sheep like you treat your sheep? 
I would say today that a lot of us would not be sitting in this room today if that was the case. Because you know what? God has rescued me over and over and over again because I'm just that stupid. Amen? I've gotten stuck in mud. I've walked over a cliff. I've, I've gotten out of the pasture many, many, many times. And you know what? Jesus Christ in his love and in his great mercy has come over. And not that I didn't pay a price for that wandering. I did. It's called the rod of correction. But you know what? He still came over and he still rescued me. So God, he still did everything to get me back into the pasture. And you know what? We need to make sure, and I wish I could spend more time on this, but we need to make sure that we have that same heart that Jesus Christ has when it comes to rescuing the sheep. It should be said <clears throat> that when one of your people go astray, that you did everything that you possibly could to rescue them. That you went over, I would, I would dare say, I would rather err on the side of rescuing than err on the side of judgment, personally. I don't know if that's biblical or not, but speaking as Isaac White, if I was to do that, now I haven't done that, okay? I wish I could speak out of doing that, but if I was going to do that, I would rather err on that side. Because I think that is a side that Jesus Christ is on, is a side of rescuing his people, rescuing his sheep. Do you have the heart of a shepherd that is willing to reach over with your staff and to rescue your people and bring them back if all possible? Make sure that you use the staff of direction to set direction for your people. Make sure that you're using the staff to set the boundaries and make sure you're using the staff to provide rescue. Remind your people that failure isn't fatal. So often we, we consider that, right? Oh, you failed. Boom, you're out of here. You're done. Look at what you did. I can, this is it. You know, this is fatal, right? You, there's, no, there's no coming back from here. I don't find very often in the scripture where Jesus Christ said there's no coming back from here. All I find is Jesus Christ constantly doing what is necessary to bring his people back to the sheepfold. Make sure that we have that same. God desires us to ask forgiveness and repentance. And he always, always, always wants us to come back. I don't care if you have walked away from God for 25 years. I don't care if you've been away from God and you haven't been the shepherd that you're supposed to be. I don't care. God always wants his sheep to come back. And he wants you, if you find yourself in that place, he wants you to come back. He will rescue you if you allow yourself to be rescued. So give direction, give boundaries, give rescue. Another use of the staff is to give protection. The devil is like a roaring lion walking about seeking whom he may devour. This is one of the best tools that a shepherd has in giving protection for his sheep. Why? Because it does extend a little bit of your reach away from the person that you're trying to, you know, you're trying to protect, right? I'm telling you, if I had a lion, I'd much rather be holding a long staff than like a little short club. Amen? Because I don't know about you, but I don't want to swing at a line with a club. I don't really want to swing at a line with a staff either. But if I have to, I'd rather use a staff. It gives you a little more room. But basically, use a staff to protect your people. We, I'm not going to hit this really super hard because we did it last week in regards to standing in the gap and not being a hireling, but being a shepherd and protecting your people. We talked about that quite a bit. But stand up for your sheep. Put yourself in between them and those that are attacking. And typically, those that are attacking are from the devil. Amen? Stand in the gap and fight for them. Um, it says here in the scriptures, And I sought for a man among them that should make up the hedge and stand in the gap before me for the land that I should not destroy it. But what does it say there? But I found none. 
Let it be said that when Jesus Christ looks down, that he sees a lot of shepherds that are standing in the gap. Men that are standing in the gap for their family. That said, no, I'm going to stand in the gap. I'm going to be here. Pastors that are standing in the gap for their church. They're going to be men of convictions who have set the boundaries, who have offered rescue and protection to their sheep. And they said, I am going to stand here. Wives that are going to stand in the gap, not only for maybe even for their husband, but also for their families. But he looks down and he sees men and he sees women that are standing in the gap, providing that protection that they need to be so that Satan cannot just come through. We talked about how a hireling does not stay in the gap. And when the devil comes, a hireling steps away and he scatters the sheep. We talked about that last week. There's a lot more I'd like to say about that. But all I can say is 100% that God desires to protect us as well. Yea, though I walk through the valley of shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. God will protect you if you will stay with your shepherd. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God, and him will I trust. There's one man that learned how to stay in the refuge and the protection of God, and that was David. Amen? He was constantly under attack from his enemies and everybody else. But he was wise enough to realize that I need to stay in the protection and stay close to my shepherd so I can have that protection that comes from him. All right, we have to wrap this up. So the staff of direction... A lot of ways that that can be used. The one way that we have to also talk about is the rod of correction. This area of leadership is not very fun. I personally don't like to use the rod of correction. I, it's uncomfortable okay, to use the rod of correction. But there are times, and you can attest, we can all testify to this from the Lord to us, there are times where just, there's certain times where your people just, they're not going to listen to the nudges. <laughs> They're not going to listen to the nudges, or they're just, they went so far so quickly, you couldn't grab them by the neck. You know, they, well, they just got out of your reach before you could grab them by the neck. And there's times where we have to use the rod of correction on the people that are below us. But you know what? Whenever you use the rod of correction, you got to make sure to do it out of love. Use the rod wisely and fairly. Your people will respect you and love you for it. And the same thing is true. When God uses the rod of correction, he doesn't do it out of hate. He doesn't do it because he's upset with us. God uses the rod of correction because he loves us. And I can tell you, I've had the rod on me quite a few times from God and mainly from my parents. Amen? But you know what? It was always done for the most part out of love to get you back to where you needed to be in your life. If you feel the rod of correction coming down upon you from the Lord, it's probably because you have not listened to the staff of direction in your life. And take that so that you can get back close with the Lord and where you need to be in your life. It's a really hard one. I'm skipping past so much here. I knew this was going to happen today because I'm trying to squeeze all these points in the very end here. So we take all these lessons and we try to wrap them all up here in the next just couple of minutes here. Basically, it all comes down to do you have the heart of a shepherd? Take your Bibles, turn to John chapter 10 as we close. John chapter 10. As you're turning there, one thing I want you guys to realize that for us who are going to be the shepherds, that the staff of, staff of direction and the rod of correction, it's not this. It's not this. It's not a stick that you hold in your hands. It's not that at all. For those of us who are really the shepherds that God wants us to be, this is our rod of correction.
and this is our staff of direction. Because you know what? I'm not wise enough to lead my sheep. I'm not smart enough to know all the things I need to know. But when I'm using the staff of direction, I know that I'm going the right direction when I'm using the right staff. If I have to use a staff of correction, I don't do it out of anger and use my staff. I do it out of love and use God's staff. Because then that's the correction that your people need. But if you're going to do that, you need to have the heart of a shepherd. John chapter 10, verse 11. I am the good shepherd, and the good shepherd giveth his life for a sheep. But he that is a hireling and not a shepherd, whose own sheep are not, seeth the wolf cometh and leaveth the sheep, and fleeth, and the wolf catcheth them and scattereth the sheep. The hireling fleeth, because he is a hireling and careth not for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep, and I am known of mine. Do you have the heart of a shepherd? Let's pray. You have been listening to the Fellowship Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. We hope this message was a blessing and encouragement to you. If you would like more messages, visit our website at fbcclarklay.org, where all of our messages can be downloaded for free. Also, you can subscribe to the Fellowship Baptist Church Sermon Podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or SoundCloud. All of our messages are available for free. If you want to keep up to date on what's going on at Fellowship, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram, where you can see what's happening happening at Fellowship Baptist Church. If you'd like to visit us, Fellowship Baptist Church is located at 3200 Reed Road, Clark Lake, Michigan. Thank you so much for listening, and we hope to see you back here again next time.